0: however you were heard it doesn't matter but there are certain words you should stay away from Uh, those nasty little cuss words swearing profanity whatever it might be called well is staying away from certain words truly a biblical principle or is there something else going on here that's what we're going to be musing about today (laughs) First off, does the Bible have anything to say about profanity? Because honestly, who cares what society or culture says or what people think about it? Does God have something to say about it? Primarily, you know, um, maybe we don't want to say completely who cares, but does God have something to say? That's the most important thing, uh, because, you know, as the children of God, we should first wanna know that we're obeying God and not just the traditions or precepts of men. So does the Bible actually have anything to say about profanity? Okay, the answer is yes. The Bible does mention profanity and there are three uh, scriptures in particular that we wanna consider. Um, And they're all in Timothy, which is convenient for location's sake. Um, but these are the scriptures that came to mind to me when considering profanity because it actually uses the word profane. So we're going to look at those three scriptures and see if we can get an understanding of how this profanity thing works. Uh, is it biblical at all? Or is this just something that people came up with and made something? Let's first go to scripture. And then we'll actually go back, I think, and look at the scriptures again. But let's read them first. So the first one is in 1 Timothy chapter 4 um, and verse 7. So verse 7, it says, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise exercise yourself toward godliness. So, and we're just going to read them first to see Um, Where profanity is actually mentioned as something we should stay away from. So that's the first one. Reject profane and old wives fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. So the next also in first Timothy in chapter six. Um, And let's see around the 20th verse. It says, oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradiction of what is falsely called knowledge. So, the last one, Second Timothy chapter 2, and the 16th verse says, But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Now, the same word is used here in all three instances it's the same word for profanity so we'll come back to the definition of this word let's first look at the argument okay so as we actually consider this and muse about it let's consider the argument so here's the argument as I see it there are words that if said will offend God just words individual words not phrases statements but there are actually words that God doesn't want you to say So that's the argument as I see it, as I think most people see it or understand it. There are words, these few choice words that if you say are somehow sin or an offense to God. So is there any scriptural evidence that this is the case that that God has selected words Um. That he does not want you to say that if you say these words, he'll get mad. He'll get upset. So, is there biblical evidence for that thought process? No, uh, not a shred. And to think about it, it's almost a, a, a juvenile thought process that you can actually utter a phrase or a word, and you know God will be there shaking his head or, or whatever. You know he would do because you said this one word so where then will we get an idea like this okay where will we get an idea that there are words that you can say that offend god so if they don't come from the bible where do they come from so it's kind of simple it's easy to understand superstition traditional superstition um things we've been told societally we know it's societal because all of society recognizes these as bad words and not all of the society regards God so just by that alone we know that this is not a biblical thing because only those who follow christ who follows god's ways regard the bible so the fact that everybody can say these are bad words shows this did not come from scripture couldn't have anyway not the same language so it couldn't have come from scripture so now the actual history of the words is irrelevant it doesn't matter where the words came from how they become nasty cuss words whatever that doesn't matter um I wouldn't even waste time looking up the etymology of what's considered profane. Doesn't matter. What we can know is that these words, uh, at least the ones we consider profane, have nothing to do with scripture in any way. Nothing to do with it. That's just fact. Um, Nowhere in the Bible is there a list of words you shouldn't say. So I'm going, there's a point to this, okay, but there's nowhere in scripture where you have a list of words that are forbidden to utter, that offend God just when he hears the sound, you know, these words make when you put them together. There's nothing, nothing like that. Okay, so I just wanted to say that, but going back to those scriptures, what is the truth of profanity as the Bible speaks of it? Because that, I mean, that's what matters. What does the Bible have to say about this thought process? All right, so let's look at the definition. So the root word for profane uh, means beneath or below. That's, that's the root of it. Uh, for something to be below or beneath. So what does that mean? By implication, you could say that Biblical profanity Would be defined as something Below or beneath us Conversationally speaking That's simple um, And considering what this means Now we, we did this In the, the musing About wrong conversations Why there would be things um, Considered to be beneath us So we're going to look at it again because that's the thought process. If true profanity is conversations that are beneath me, I need to know what that means. Okay. Why is anything beneath us? I've said it before. Is it because we're better than other people? You know, that something would be beneath us to talk about, that something would be considered profane to us because I'm better than you? No. No. It all goes back to who we are in the world. In the world, we represent Christ. So as these representatives, our conversations ought to mirror this knowledge that we represent Christ in the world. Our conversations should show that. That said, our conversation ought to be on things that are worthwhile. Because as lights in the world, um, there are things, simply put, we shouldn't be talking about. We shouldn't be talking about. And with that, profanity comes into it. So and these would be the things that are truly biblically profane. So it's not about the bleeped out words. It's about the conversations, the subjects that are beneath the children of God, that we should be moving away from. I mean, that's honestly what it is. We're lights in the world. There are things we should not be talking about, and that's profanity. Now, I honestly think there's a reason um, why people fall back on the, the cuss word type of profanity. And to me, it's simply because that's a easier way to think you've accomplished staying away from profane communication. It's easier to say, oh, I don't say or listen to these certain words than it is to actually consider your whole body of conversation and whether or not it's profane. It's just easier to Take some words out of your vocabulary and feel like you've you've pleased God. You've grown as a Christian because I don't say these words. I'll talk about anything. Okay. Topic doesn't matter, but I will not use these words because those are profane. Not biblically. It makes no sense. But it's easier. So I think it's almost you know, a lazy Christianity where I can just fall back on don't say these words and now I can talk about whatever I want just don't say those profane words I mean it's just not the case it, it doesn't it doesn't really show who we are as lights in the world it's one thing I think of I've heard people say it um, in church uh, you know who have kids they speak about what they watch, what they don't watch. And, you know, they'll mention the movie rating, you know. And, yeah, with my kids, we don't watch anything above, you know, PG. Now, while there's more than language, you know, when you look at, like, the rating system or whatever it is, for a lot of people, it's a hunt for bad words. Now, consider this. As the Saints, we know that there are things we shouldn't partake in, we shouldn't find entertaining, and stuff like that. But is it limited to the words that are said? I mean, just think about it. So the content of the movie, completely ungodly, with ungodly messages, whatever it is, but it was done in a kid-friendly way, so it got the PG rating. So the words were fine, though the whole time the truth of Christ is being attacked. What am I teaching my kids, really? (laughs) When you think about it, all right, you can blaspheme God and reject the principles of truth as long as you don't do it using those bad words. That's lazy. That's lazy Christianity to have that thought process that as long as these words aren't in it, anything goes. I mean, just look at that image what are my children really learning good principles if i leave it there that anything goes i mean the the twisted messages the untruths all the agendas that are pushed through you know kid friendly movies are good as long as those certain words aren't used i mean i honestly hope you know, that sounds just as silly to you as it does to me. That's not what the Bible is teaching. Biblically, spiritually speaking, it makes no sense. No sense. Um, but that's the thought process we usually get when someone mentions profanity. Your conversation is justified, maybe even good, As long as you say it without the use of certain words. No, that's that's not what's being told here. This is about conversations that we should not have. This is like wrong conversations. Part two. You know, the truth of profanity. I mean, that's really what this is. Um, looking at how biblical profanity speaks of things we should not talk about subjects we should not be talking about so a question should come up what then falls into the category of profane conversation if it's not simply don't say this word that word and that word what is it what What do I get from it? All right, there's no list. I understand what you're saying. There's no list of words I shouldn't say. What shouldn't I say then? What is profane if not those words? Now, this is somewhat harder to answer because it depends on context. Um, yeah, as an example, certain jokes or types of joking, would clearly be considered profane. Because of the nature of it. Okay. It's, it's lewd. It's it's ungodly. It's not funny. It shouldn't be funny to us. Whatever it is. Okay. So automatically. We know. That certain types of jokes and joking. Would be considered profane. Because they would be beneath. What we ought to be talking about. Again. Not because I'm better. Just because of who I am and what I represent. But how do you decide what is too far? How do you decide what is profanity? That's the issue. Because I think for most Christians, they know that there are some things they shouldn't find funny. But the level varies from one to the next. Now, some of it has to do with growth. The more I grow and the closer I get to Christ, the more I'm offended by ungodly things, by things that I know I shouldn't be listening to, don't please God, whatever. But... It can be hard because when you look strictly biblically, the Bible teaches us that we should speak words that edify us or somebody else, words that glorify God, words that have some worth. That being said, we're not necessarily taught how to have those normal, leisurely conversations. If we're being honest, we're not taught how to have the how was your day conversations or I saw something funny conversation. We're not taught about that. We're just taught about what our conversations should be like and the worst of what they shouldn't be like. So how do we know what falls into the category of profane? Step one, before I go on, I just have to put this is as we grow and as we submit to God through his spirit that he's given to us to teach us and guide us, it should become clearer. I should, from the spirit, begin to have a sort of sensitivity or understanding of what is and isn't acceptable for me to talk about. It should come. It should be something that you can't do for me. God has to do it in me. Okay, be transformed by the renew be re- yeah, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, it takes a renewed mind for us to be transformed. You can't renew my mind. I could break down everything that I see as profane it wouldn't help you if you don't have a renewed mind or if your mind isn't being renewed. It wouldn't help you because you might not see it the same way. Now, maybe in time, as you grow um, and as you desire more and more to please God, maybe you would see it. But if you're not at that point, I might tell you the things I see as profane. And you might say, oh, you've gone overboard. This is just a regular conversation. So in some ways, it's about growth. It's about what the Spirit of God convicts you is worthwhile conversation and what is beneath you as a saint who represents Christ in the world. That said, when all else fails, um, it really goes to the majority of our conversation should lean toward the godly, the useful. I can't go wrong that way. You know, even in the midst of my ordinary conversation, I'm talking about things I'm interested in or whatever it is, the majority of my conversation, my conviction should be that it leans toward what's godly, what's edifying, what's useful. And as difficult as that sounds, we have to understand that that difficulty comes from our flesh, not from some liberty we have in Christ to talk about foolish stuff. Again, looking at the understanding of what actual profanity is and not just being comfortable with just don't say, you know, the bleepy words. No, it's about the whole body of our conversation. So. Um, it's like, we're so used to speaking, just talking because we can talk that we can't imagine what it would be like to limit ourselves from just talking, even when there's nothing to say, nothing worth saying. I don't have a point. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't know. It sounds crazy. It sounds too outlandish to just not talk when I don't have something to say. Even though, you know, the principle is shared with children, you know, if you don't have use something youthful or nice to say, don't say any, and yet we can't even do it in ourselves. I have nothing beneficial to say, so I'm going to keep my peace. That's why I like that proverb that says, even a fool is considered wise when he doesn't open his mouth. You have nothing to say, why say anything? especially if it means i might be engaging in profane useless base conversation but to try to stick to the question so many things can become profane simply by usage uh, by the way it's used or how much a good example you know say something like sports say you like sports um and you mention something about a sport sporting event whatever it may seem innocent not profane okay um i i this is a leisurely thing i like this sport whatever seems innocent but how or is it possible for that to become profane Um, It is, and I think this way, just as an example. It becomes beneath me as a saint when my conversation about it becomes an obsession with it. When it clearly shows that I enjoy speaking about this more than anything else. When I'm most excited and I will jump into any conversation about this thing. Now, something that seems so innocent to some has become profane. That's just an example. okay? this is why I say this is more complicated or even more serious than, oh, just stay away from that word. No, this is about who you are. Staying away from profanity is. Is about who you are and who you're supposed to be. So it's one thing I mentioned this. It's another thing when I'm absolutely obsessed with this because that's beneath me as somebody who's supposed to represent the kingdom of God. See, it's more to it than uh, don't say this word or that. No, this is about a representation who I am and what I represent in this world. Anything can be put there, books, movies, uh, politics, work, business, whatever it is, anything can become profane. When I give my conversation over to it, and this is all I want to talk about, now it's profane if I be in Christ, because I'm supposed to talk about the kingdom of God. That's my role here on earth. If anything uh, takes my conversation more than that, there's a problem. Um, Because as Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you talk about what you care about, what you really love, what you really represent. So if my conversation is more about things of the world than things of God, it's profane. That's the reality of what profanity is. Not this word or that word a whole body of conversation and almost anything could fit into that category of being profane if I give myself over to it. As I'm told what my words ought to do, what impact they should have. But let's go back to those scriptures and let's look a little more at what they say. So 1 Timothy 4, 7 was the first one. So let's look at him a little deeper. This one said, reject profane and old wives' fables, you know, old wives' tales. Reject those and exercise yourself toward godliness. In this instance, what counters profanity, okay? I think it's interesting because he says, instead of being involved in useless base conversations, be godly. It almost seems like the two have nothing to do with each other. So don't talk about useless stuff. Be godly. Exercise godliness. The two do match. Because instead of spending your time in these useless, base conversations, this gossip, um, you know, speaking of stuff that doesn't concern you, instead of wasting time with that, live a godly life. I I like this scripture because it gives an honest contrast that instead of wasting your time with useless words, do something godly. I think it fits. (laughs) To me, it fits. I see the correlation there. Don't waste your time in ungodly, useless conversation. Do something that is godly. Exercise godliness. And in an exercise, we see a practice. It's not something you're going to be able to drop right away, especially if you've never looked at profanity this way. If you thought you weren't being profane because you try not to cuss, this is going to take some work. It's going to take some exercise because you're now going to have to train yourself to stop indulging in profanity. Useless, base, ungodly, worldly conversation, which is what profanity actually is. You're going to have to exercise yourself toward godliness so you no longer give yourself to profanity. A bunch of wasted time talking of what doesn't matter. Imagine if he wrote this when phones existed. Uh, He probably would have said a lot more because the struggle I mean, it's it's real not to be profane when the phone is right there, social media is right here, I can talk about profane stuff right away. Soon as it pops into my profane mind, I can let it come out of my profane mouth, right? They didn't have as much freedom in that because maybe they were around people, you know, in the church who wouldn't engage, But we can engage in profanity with everybody just by picking up the phone, sending a message, hitting a number, whatever you have to do. So it is an exercise. It is not easy. But the first step is always seeing the truth of it. Profanity, which is why he can put it also with old wise fables, gossip, rumors. Profanity goes right with that. Be godly instead of that. It absolutely is a way to overcome profanity. Absolutely. So then, going right back to the sixth chapter in First Timothy, we see more of a warning: guard yourself, guard what was committed to your trust. Stay away from fo- from profane and idle babblings and contradictions. Of fake knowledge Now These days this is a huge one Especially the contradiction of fake knowledge Because so many people Are out here With fake knowledge Fake deep stuff You know Fake woke Culturally whatever stuff Nonsense foolishness Even coming out of Christians mouths Alleged Christians We hear a bunch of false knowledge and it's just profane it's beneath us who supposedly know the truth know god know christ and why christ did what he did know what we're supposed to be about know why we're alive know why sin is in the world all of that we're supposed to know the truth and yet here we are stuck in idle babblings useless talk Every day something new comes out that people want to talk about. Have you heard this or that? We, what did he say? Paul to Timothy, protect yourself from that. Guard, right? Guard what was committed to your trust. Saint, guard what was committed to your trust the same way. Keep the truth of Christ. Stay away from nonsense. Profane and useless babblings trash talk, and foolish, contradictory, fake knowledge. Man, that scripture, you know when people hang scriptures like in their house, as for me and my house will serve the Lord, hang this one, right? Post this on your whatever page. You know, when somebody tries to start some foolishness with you, just highlight that or something. (laughs) Stay away from this. Foolish, fake knowledge. Stay away from it. So this one is a warning to protect ourselves from true profanity. And why? Right. What's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? You know, say, I like this stuff. I mean, why do I need to stay away from it? Well, a loss of focus is one side effect of engaging in useless talk, a loss of focus regarding what really matters. Okay, in looking for false knowledge, a lot of people forget what Christ did and why he did it and what he expects from us once we accept that. So many Christians have no clue why we're here, what we're supposed to do, but They can have a long conversation about fake knowledge. Very excited about fake knowledge. Profane and idle stuff, but have no clue what we're here for. What we're supposed to talk about. So indulging in this type of profanity can cause you to forget what really matters. And not only that, it can create a lack of love or a lack of interest in the things we should be talking about. Now, in this one, be honest and muse for a second. Pause, think about this. How excited are you to speak about God when, you know, the gossip, the fake knowledge is starting to get good, starting to get juicy? How excited are you about talking about the simple, plain truths of God. Think about that, be honest with yourself because that's what can be created when we're not avoiding true profanity. When all you thought you had to do was stay away from the bleep words, the cuss words, and weren't guarding yourself from profanity, A lack of interest in the things we should speak about can be created. And then you'll feel like, well, what am I supposed to talk about? If I can't talk about those things that interest interest me, what can I talk about? What does it mean to talk about something that edifies, glorifies God that has worth? Doesn't even sound exciting because I'm so used to idle babblings. That's a danger of not guarding ourselves from true profanity. And of course, I mean, another side effect would be a failure um, to be that light in the world, that ambassador in these conversations as we're a part of them, instead of representing Christ, we're just as excited about these conversations as the people who were supposed to be representing Christ, too. That's a problem. But then going to Second Timothy back there to chapter two and the 16th verse This one said, but shun, turn away from, right? When you shun something, you've turned your back to it. I'm not going to be a part of it. Now, this one's harder, a harder approach, not harder to do. This is just a harder approach because now I'm saying no. I'm turning my back to this thing. So to me, this is the strongest one because this is a definitive stance um, of what to do and what the weakness of it is if we don't do it if i don't turn my back to true profanity and useless talk what can come from it so so shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness So profane, we looked at that. This is beneath us. Idle, useless, not worth speaking about wasteful words, useless words. So turn my back on things that I shouldn't be speaking about. Useless things. These conversations, because they lend themselves to more, an increase of ungodliness. And if you go to 17, 17. It says something interesting and will spread or their message will spread like a cancer. Wow. I mean, just what a warning there. Stay away from profanity. If you give yourself to useless talk, it's going to increase to more ungodliness. We're back to acts, right? and will spread, the message of it will spread like a cancer. And if you creep down to verse 18, it says, some, not protecting themselves from this, this, have actually strayed from the faith. They've strayed from the truth. We know people like this. Everybody listening knows somebody like this. Who, because of profanity, have strayed from the truth they were so caught up in fake knowledge in useless talk that they strayed from the truth preferring that that profanity to the point where they can't even rightly divide the word of truth any longer or they or they've become like the greeks who simply wanted to hear something new something exciting something trendy See, so true profanity, unlike stay away from this word and that word, true profanity leads to an increase of ungodliness and not just in conversation because when you entertain it, um, just what was conversation, you might find yourself becoming interested in in a way that's more than just conversational. And now you've got a problem because this profanity led to to now, that act of ungodliness, this is why I have to protect myself from it and to turn my back on it. True profanity. So much than just words, right? That's why you gotta love mute. Just think about it for a second. The Spirit of God, which so grateful for, gives us the ability to think, okay? And think in a way like we've never thought before. Before you go around saying this or that, think about what it means. Before you have those talks with your children or whoever about the words not to say, stop and think about what profanity actually is, what you're actually ought to be teaching them about conversation. And then you'll have to say, man, am I an example to them? about staying away from real profanity or am I one of the ones who are just comfortable saying hey don't say that word because it's easy am I being one of those lazy-minded Christians who just find it easier to say you know we don't talk that way but mom or dad you talk about all other types of foolishness That's just something to muse about. But that's... I mean, you got to like this scripture and the strength of it. Um, Turn your back on that because they're going to increase to more ungodliness and spread like a cancer to the extent that some have even moved away from the truth because of it. Just amusing. Now... I mean, I have to say, I don't advocate the use of what's considered cuss words. And I mean, I can tell you why. Um, Just looking at Romans chapter 14, Paul gives us a thought process that I really think kind of helps with why, okay, if there's nothing to this, this cuss words, Why not just use them freely? So I want to read something from Romans 14, um, starting at the 14th verse. About why, if there's really no power in these words, why shouldn't I use it? So I'm just going to read for a second. Um, Romans 14, 14. So Paul's talking. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. He's talking about food, but to him who considers anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. OK, so already now he's talking about food. Nothing's unclean of itself. That's scripture for you. OK, so whoever wants to tell you not to eat this or that, it's just food. Even Jesus said it goes in the mouth and comes out in the waste. How could it defile you? What comes out of your mouth defiles you. So this is for the saint who will have knowledge. So he says, I know, you know, and, and, and am convinced nothing is unclean of itself. But if it's unclean to you, it is unclean. If you feel guilty about it, you've made it a sin because you think you're sinning against God and doing it anyway. So you've created sin through phantom disobedience. So you shouldn't eat it. So if that word, this is the first point, is unclean to you, don't say it. That's the first point. Because now it is profane to you because you've made it profane to yourself. But it's more to it than that. 15. If a brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Don't destroy with food the one who Christ died for. Now, here's my point. And let me read 16 first. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. So though you understand this principle, what profanity is, if it offends somebody else, why do it? That's my reason. Now, I see no reason to use those cuss words anyway. Okay. But even if I did, I don't know how you could, but even if I did, I wouldn't. If it would offend you or mom or dad or somebody who doesn't know or somebody on the outside who I'm supposed to be an image of Christ to So that's my thing to the people who know this the Christians who know this so go around using those words What are you trying to prove? All you're doing is causing people to be offended for what? That's not how you use knowledge Okay That's not acting in love that you're causing somebody to stumble Because to you, you know, this isn't what profanity is. No, that's not how you use it. And Paul is explaining why right here. Okay, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, the kingdom of God, for what we're talking about, is not just language, it's not just a word. So, why offend somebody to prove I can say what I want? That's not love. It's not Christ-like. Okay, so for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Okay, so I'm accepted by God and approved by men. Why be an offense to the ministry just to prove I can say what I want? Just to prove all those words aren't in the Bible not to say. Okay, fine, but why offend the ministry just to prove that point? There's no love in, in that act. So therefore, pursue the things which make for peace and the things where you can edify somebody. One thing we know about those cuss words, they're not going to help you edify somebody. Okay, so don't destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Great point. Don't destroy the impact you can have on somebody's life for the sake of being able to say this word and know You know, in itself this word doesn't offend God. Why destroy the work you could have in somebody's life for that? Okay, so all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Now he's speaking about food. Don't put anything in that category, all things are pure. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or made weak. That's my point. Okay, so yeah, I know these words have no power. I know there's no scripture that says don't use this word, this word, or definitely not that word. No scripture says that individual words don't offend God. He's not a baby. He's not a child. Okay, it's conversation we need to pay attention to. And yet at the same time, I'm not going to offend somebody because I have this knowledge. So. I may know that these words hold no power, but if they offend the ministry of Christ, why use them? If they cause someone to stumble or question my faithfulness or hurt my ministry, why use them? So no, I say we shouldn't use these words, but not because they have power. They don't. They're just sounds, okay, that we take to mean something, whatever. They have no power at all. But I won't use them if they offend someone else. Okay, I have to say that. But instead of just giving power to these few words, what we need to do is free ourselves from true profanity. Conversations that we ought not to be a part of because they are beneath us as the saints. They are not things, topics that we should be talking about. They don't please our Father that is simply the reality of profanity that is the type of profanity that we should be staring clear of and protecting ourselves and our children from and that is the musing